2: Markets have been range-bound for months now, and leadership to the upside has been very narrow. Think high-profile tech names, and this has a lot of investors getting antsy as they stand by for more stock market clarity. It's especially tough for a degenerate, risk-taking trader like myself, who loves playing in the markets and has been forced to sit tight on the sidelines. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Games. Let's bring on Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond, author of the book "Winning with the Dow's Losers," and you got to check out his website, UpsideStocks.com. Again, that's UpsideStocks.com. Chuck, always great to have you on the Gains Podcast.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me, Andy. It's it's nice to be back.
2: Chuck, as mentioned, markets have been range bound. And the debt ceiling issues looks close to being resolved, and I wanted to start there. Get your take on current stock market conditions.
3: Yeah, it seems to me, Andy, that that it's it's well, a lot has changed. Nothing has changed in the sense that this has been a market that has been kind of mired in a, a trading range, albeit a fairly wide trading range. But a, a trading range, if you look at the Dow Jones Industrial Average, it's trading range between about twenty nine thousand and about thirty four thousand. 500, And on the Dow Jones transportation average, it's a range of about 15,600 on the upside, about 12,000 on the downside. There's been vacillating going on. There's been runs up and then runs toward the lower end. But we're kind of where we have been for months. And, uh, you know, that's been against a backdrop of, yes, this old debt ceiling negotiation, which to me has been just, you know, good theater. But the market has seen this story many times before. Um, a pretty good first quarter earnings season with reasonable guidance. Um, inflation's kind of maybe sort of peaked but isn't coming down probably as fast as people hoped. And a Fed that's still on a will they or won't they in terms of continuing to raise rates. So I don't think a ton has changed um, and, and except that you have had a market leadership that has really developed into – Basically, about seven stocks tech, and everything tech, else tech, in the market. Yeah.
2: It's, there's there's is, really a handful of, like, five to, as you mentioned, five to seven tech stocks that have kind of—you can account for all the gains in the S&P 500.
3: Well, you can, and, and pretty much all the gains in the market. I mean, when you look at, you know, what—when what, what when you look outside the NASDAQ, for example, when you look outside the, the market cap-weighted indices such as, you know, the S&P 500— um, you know, if you look at kind of equal weighted indexes, for example, which kind of equal weight the the uh, components in the S&P 500 or some of the other ones. Oh, you look at the Dow, for example, which is basically flat this year versus about a, a 9% uh, gain in the S&P 500. There's a, a massive gap between kind of the haves and the have-nots in the market, and there aren't that many haves. And, you know, that's another thing that kind of leads to some questions about the sustainability of, of any kind of rallies here when you just have, you know, very few generals. And in fact, only five-star generals that are leading the charge without any, without much of an infantry. Those those battles don't usually end up very well.
2: Well, so, yeah, that's yeah. kind of why I've been – my biggest concern of the market, Chuck, over the last couple months is a small amount of stocks in that tech leadership. You know, you could go either way but uh you know if things break down with that lack of real significant across the boards you know multi-sector leadership uh that that could be a bit of a warning
3: it could it, it, it and you're right though it could break out either way but you know that's one of the things that you know i've kind of learned over the you know 40 years that i've been following the markets is kind of you know, ultimately, when you're in these kind of ranges, let the market kind of tell the story for you. I mean, you can you can try to guess at it, and if you guess wrong, then then reverse the position that you put on in anticipation of of your guess being right. But ultimately, if you're an investor out there and you're kind of wondering what's what's going to happen in a broad market sense, let's see how things break out. Do we get a a, a breakout to the upside where both the where both the Dow and the industri- uh, transport Dow, transports and Dow Industrials go to new highs, or do things break down? And I think, you know, from the standpoint, probably, you know, the, the biggest thing that's going on right now is, is again, this game of will we or won't we go into a recession. Still seems to be a lot of uh, betting that we will. Um, the economy and the data keep saying otherwise. You know, we're going to let the Dow Transports tell us the story if, in fact, we are go- heading for a, a recession and a, and a serious one. Um, you know that's going to show up in the Dow Jones Transportation Average, and that's going to show up in weakness there, and possibly breaking that previous low of around 12,000. So, and, and you know yeah, that's, we'll, we'll,
2: and you you speak to the range that we're talking about here, and we've only been watching for, I mean, well over a year now. Is the Dow theory levels, and that's what you're kind of hitting on in the importance of the transport, the ultimate leading indicator. Uh, the Dow uh, transports, by the way, closed today uh, just below fourteen thousand. Uh, something that Chuck and I have been watching quite a bit. But g- get into the Dow theory. Give those levels. Give us a kind of a refresher here. Still right in the ranges, and then and also include you know that Dow transports and why it's so important.
3: Yeah, so the ranges right now that we're looking at from the Dow theory perspective, and just a, a real brief primer, the Dow theory looks at the movement of the Dow Jones Industrial Average and Dow Jones Transportation Average, and from the movement of those averages, discerns whether the market's primary trend, a trend that typically lasts a minimum of eight months, if not longer, is bearish or bullish. And as you know, and as we've talked about on last several months, the last major signal under the Dow theory was a bear market signal. So we are still in a bear market. According to the Dow theory, now what would it require to change would be n- new what we deem as significant highs in the Dow Jones Industrial and Dow Jones transportation averages. In the case of the Dow Jones industrial average, that significant high would be a close, an emphasis on close above the November 30 high, which is thirty four thousand five hundred and eighty nine point seven seven that's thirty four. And as you mentioned today, the market closed right around 33,000, a little above that. So we're not far from it in terms of where the the industrials have to go. In the case of the Dow Jones transportation average, the high is that early February high of 15,640.70. That's 15,640.70. On the other hand, the low in the transports, is the September low of eleven thousand nine 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 point four zero? Right now we're right just a hair under fourteen thousand, so again not far from that fifteen thousand six forty. So I mean you know there there would be reasons to to be reasonably optim- optimistic that we will break out to the upside of that. However, until we do, um, you know I think there's some modicum of, of caution that that should be taken into account here. Again we've seen the markets rally toward the higher end of these uh, ranges without both of those averages going to new highs, and we've had divergence there. So we'll kind of see how the story goes. Now, you know, if investors are watching any one index right now, I know everybody is watching what's going on in the NASDAQ, and that's getting all the attention because of, you know, the tech and generative AI and those, those companies benefiting from that. But for my money right now, the the big tell will be what happens to the Dow Jones transportation average because, as you alluded to, it's economic sensitivity. And that will be a canary in the coal mine for giving you an idea of whether we are going to go into a recession, uh, a significant recession. So, you know, that's, that's what we're watching. If you have the transports, you know, show strength and break out above that previous significant high, um, you know, my guess is the recession's off the table. If, on the other hand, we stay in this range, trend lower, and ultimately close below that September 26th low of about eleven thousand nine nine nine, that would not that would not bode well for future economic activity. Probably lead to a recession and make it much more difficult for the broad market to sustain an upward move.
2: The one good thing is at least we have clarity on the two spots that we're looking for. It just seems like we've been stuck in this range and bouncing uh back between the highs and lows for both the transports and the industrials well over a year now what where do you think it skews and i know it's a tough question cuz we you, we'll let the markets tell us but yeah, i was just curious
3: know, yeah i, I oh boy i, I think it, it it ultimately ultimately i think those lows are pretty good lows um so i think the the, the next breakout will be to the upside above those significant highs. Now, having said that, there's a time frame involved. And do I think that time frame is, you know, the next month, the next week? And and that's where it's a little – I would not be surprised if the lows hold, but we kind of continue in this range here potentially for the remainder of the year. Um, Hopefully, you know, something happens more positively sooner than that, but that would not surprise me. So I think ultimately – those lows will hold. So if people are kind of wanting to place bets, I think those lows will hold. I think the highs will eventually get taken out, but I still think that's a, 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 a something that's going to happen uh, at least a few months down the road, if not longer.
2: And and again, we'll continue to watch those uh, those levels because that'll give us uh, some real clarity uh, once one one of uh, you know both sides are breached either to the upside or the downside. You kind of alluded to this. Uh, I found it interesting the last earnings season that, hey, every company, doesn't matter if you sell hamburgers, auto parts, or diapers, <laughs> you're an AI company.
3: <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's, a, you know, it's, it's it's a follow the leader type market out there. And it is, it is somewhat, it's not surprising, somewhat amusing it is in terms of everybody, you know, trying to fashion themselves to some extent, you know, that is going to be something that's incorporated into, into all businesses. But it kind of reminds me, you know, back when you had, uh, you know, WeWork, which is basically a real estate company saying, no, 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 we're not a real estate company. We're a technology company. Or you had Carvana, you know, no, 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 we're not, uh, we don't sell used cars. We're a technology company. And, you know, that, that, that trying to reframe the, the, narrative around the companies to something more sexier than than it was. And that didn't really work for most of the cases. And, you know, it's not going to work very well in these cases as well. There will be certainly companies. And we're, you know, we're at so far such an early stage in all this that, that it's, you know, it, it's easy to default to the big boys that have all the money and financial firepower and, and technology and intellectual property to say that, you know, they're they're going to be the big winners here and, um, and they very well could be, but you know, th- this, this is going to unfold. This is the next, you know, big it's, thing. It's in the next NFT.
2: We- is that what you're telling me? It's the next NFT crypto. <laughs> no, no, no. 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 I'm, just, I'm joking. I'm joking. I know this is real. It's just these kind of things when they first come into the public view and, and a lot of them are exciting it's, it's it's interesting the hype, and the, you have to admit it, Chuck. The hype is so predictable too, right? When this all oh, started coming to fruition.
3: Oh, sure, it is, and and uh, you know, and they uh, you know it, well, the thing that's interesting about this though, so far, and again, it's very very early, but you know, the hype has been really surrounding pretty high quality companies, um, you know, whereas hype around uh, you know NFTs, crypto, you go back to. Yeah, that you was know, the much early, of a... early days of internet. You know where it was. You know you had you had big companies, but you also had you know the Pets.coms and and and, and you know the Web. Bank, you know and companies that really weren't companies that were ideas that were really benefiting as well. I don't see that necessarily once you get outside of those you know five to ten really really big companies that this has been you know just such wide widespread hype. It's barely been focused on the companies that. Back to garner a lot of the attention right now,
2: and that's what we initially talked about is how the leadership in this rally to the upside is so so small, and and like, yep. and, and it's those companies that you're you're talking about. Hey, be sure to subscribe. Follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if that's an option for you. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new gains episode drops. We drop Gaines episodes on Wednesday. We're going to take a real quick break and we'll be right back with Chuck.
0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: All right, back with Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond. His website, UpsideStocks.com. And uh, there's some great stocks on that list. So, hey, Chuck, uh, kind of give him a little uh, preview about UpsideStocks.com. And then I'm going to ping you for just a couple on the list as well, a couple of those juicy picks that are on that UpsideStocks.com list.
3: Yeah, well, Upside, as you mentioned, uh, we publish a newsletter called Upside, and we have uh, an electronic version. Up. It's at our website, Upside Stocks, and this focuses on small and mid-cap stocks. Now, interestingly, Andy, you know, small and mid-cap stocks right now have just been really underperforming the market because, as we've mentioned ad nauseum on the show today, that this has been – all the attention has been really been on large mega caps and, and you know, only about five to seven of those mega caps. I, I saw an interesting, a really interesting statistic that's quite revealing about investors' interest in small and mid-cap stocks, that basically the market capitalization of Apple computer, so one company's market cap is worth more than the cumulative the total market caps of the two thousand stocks and the Russell two thousand small cap index <laughs> um,
2: that's a so, that 's a great nugget. I never heard that that's that's yeah. that 's interesting go ahead i 'm sorry
3: so 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 you know you, you if you were somebody that had obviously you know all the the money in the world and you were going to go invest that you know you would have to pay more to buy apple the company apple than you would. Pay more to buy two thousand small companies in in the Russell two thousand composite. Now, you know, I mean, that that may or may not be a good buy to buy those two thousand versus Apple, but it does show you that you know the interest level uh, in in small caps versus these big mega cap stocks is is really is really skewed right now toward you, the, the mega cap stocks.
2: And you um, want to buy stocks on the cheap anyway, so just the contrarian in me is more attracted to that space than a lot of the things that have already had a lot of their move to the upside as well.
3: Well, yeah, and and history has shown, I mean, it hasn't shown recently, but history has shown over a to- over longer period of time that having exposure in small cap and mid cap stocks you know, makes sense. Those stocks can typically do fairly well. Um, there are going to be market environments when they trail. We're in one of those right now in a big way. But, you know, uh, to, to have some of those sprinkled in your portfolio makes a lot of sense. And and now you, you've had a, a number of those th- that have fallen or have pulled back as money has moved out of them into some of these large cap stocks. So entry points are a bit better. You know, one name I'll throw out there is a company called Lantheus Holdings. L-N-T-H is a symbol. L-N is in Nancy, T is in Tom, H. Trades for about $87 a share. Uh, Lantheus is in the... Uh, healthcare area, they uh, they have uh, a variety of diagnostic and therapeutic products. They have a, uh, a product that's used in echocardiogram exams. They have a product that's used in nuclear medicine. Uh, they have a product that's used in, in a lot of different areas in the space. Earnings are growing uh, at a very nice rate. They're going to probably have record earnings this year and next. Earn, uh, sales are rising at a double-digit pace. Uh, earnings estimates have been beaten very soundly over the last four quarters, and earnings estimates are turning higher. So it has all the things that you typically like to see in, in a company. Its chart action has been decent. Uh, the stock has pulled back a bit here after peaking at around uh, almost $100 uh, a few weeks ago. And uh, at $87, that's a stock we like and, and one that uh, our, our clients own. So that's Lanthius holdings symbol l n t h we'll stay i'll give you one more we'll stay in the healthcare area this is a company called amphistar pharmaceuticals the symbol is a m as in mary p as in peter h a m p h trades for about forty four dollars a share uh this is a true small cap market capitalization is only about two billion dollars and they uh, develop a variety of generic and proprietary drugs basically um uh, their their primary uh markets are um they do primatine mist which is an over the counter drug that people are probably familiar with uh they do uh an ex an enoxaparin which is a uh heparin product they have uh, nalo- n- naloxin. I wish I hadn't started down this road to try to pronounce these things, Andy. But, <laughs> right. uh, you know, for for opiate overdoses, um, the company's earnings trends are uh, pretty good. They're going to have higher profits this year and next. Uh, they're going to have double-digit revenue growth. Uh, they've beaten, they've crushed, absolutely crushed earnings estimates in the last two quarters. And uh, consequently, their earnings estimates have risen pretty sharply. Uh, you can buy this stock now at about $44 a share. That's Amphistar Pharmaceuticals, A-M-P-H.
2: What kind of conversations are you having with your clients? Are they concerned yeah. about markets? Or are they, you know, w- w- let's stick with the system? I'm just curious uh, what they're asking you and, and, and what you're telling them.
3: Yeah, no, it's it's interesting in a sense that, you know, most most the clients and, a lot of you know most investors this year have made a few bucks. I mean, it's this is you, you these are markets where you have been able to make some money. Um, you know, one of the areas you get, you're getting paid pretty well for cash, and you know there are you know where where the conversations are though, there are people that are a bit frustrated that you know they see a lot of the headlines here about all these AI stocks and and they're up you know 30, 40, 50 percent. And then they look, and their portfolios aren't up 30 or 40, 50 percent, and and you know they're frustrated. And and again, that that frustration is is normal. It's coming after you know a year 2022, which wasn't great for anybody in the market. So people kind of want to make up some lost ground, and and they are, but they're they're not doing it particularly at the pace that they would like. So it, it's interesting. I, I and I don't really remember too many years like this where. Yes, investors are making money, but there's still a high level of a frustration, and I think that frustration is being feeded by this notion of, you know, the fear of missing out on, on some of these stocks that have had huge runs, but, you know, history has has shown that, you know, chasing performance is not the best way to generate performance, and um, so we, you know, we're, we're sticking to the process and, uh, you know, trying to find opportunities that make sense from a both a momentum and valuation standpoint and 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 try to do it that way and play play the long game and not so much trying to you know generate uh, you know a great two month performance that may turn into a lousy twelve month performance by chasing performers
2: for those out there who are listening to us, they just feel like they're they're not getting their bang for their buck. I think they they've been kind of sitting. And waiting, trying to figure out when to get in back in the market if they're in cash or where to deploy their money right now. What's your advice for that for them? Um, it's yeah, just, well, it's I really know. weird. This is a unique situation. Just being in this range, it's it's kind of tough for active investors to just kind of stand by. And, and your advice for them?
3: Stand by, um, and 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 but be you know be in the game. Don't I mean if you're somebody sitting on you know, you got 100% of your money out of the, so, uh, on the sidelines and you're wondering what, when to get in, trust me, you're, there's never going to be a time that you're want to, to get in because, you know, two things are going to happen. Either the market goes down and you're not going to want to get in because the market's going down or the market goes up and you don't want to get in because the market's going up. So consequently, you never get in, you know, get to some level, whatever, you know, let's say for example, that your optimum, you've determined that your optimum allocation level is, you know, 65% stock and 35% bonds. And that's typically where you like to be during quote bull markets. If, if you're not there, um, or if you're not in, you know, work to get to that point, maybe, you know, get to 30 or 40% pretty quickly. And then, you know, with that last 15 to 25%, try to pick and choose and hit your spots, see how the market performs under the Dow theory. If we get a bull market signal, you know, be more aggressive. But Ultimately, really aggressive market timing where you're you you're know, where you're playing 100% in, 100% out, especially 100% out, that's a dangerous game to play over time because you're going to get it wrong. And, and the time that you get it wrong can undo all the other times when you got lucky and got it right. So, you know, what we're doing basically is saying, listen, if we have a por- an investor portfolio that can be 100% invested in stocks, we're running right now about, uh, you know, somewhere in the 78 to 82% range for invested, and we're holding out, you know, roughly 18 to 20%, um, you know, in cash and, and, you know, some fixed income investments, and have that there for, you know, buying if if the market tends to trade down toward the lower end of the range and certain stocks become more interesting. Um, and that's not the worst thing. Now, if the market just takes off from here and it's off, off to the races, yeah, you're going to underperform. That 20% is going to be a pretty big drag on returns. But... You're still going to make money, and so, you know, that's kind of how we're playing it right now. We're, we 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 have a little bit of it, We're playing a little bit of defense. Still have a pretty good slug in the market, um, and you know, we we have some dry powder to use if we see some opportunities here.
2: Chuck, say for instance, we see the Dow Industrials close above its high that 34,589 level, and the transports follow through and close above their high that 15,640 level, the Dow theory gives the all clear sign. It's now bullish. How do you handle that?
3: Well, we handle it in, in raising the equity exposure. Um, you know, I, I, don't know if, you know, it, it, it depends on the market environment, whether, you know, we would immediately go to, you know, 98% or whatever. We probably would be a little bit more incremental than that, but we would certainly raise the equity level. And you You know, and and investors, from a pragmatic standpoint, you can do that in a couple couple of different ways. You know, oftentimes in this world, you know, things get either or, you know, the the, the investment decisions get thrown at you as either ors. Either you buy individual stocks or you buy funds and ETFs. My feeling is that any time when you get a major signal in the market, especially a bull market signal, you don't want to screw it up by missing that move. And so a good thing to do in my opinion is to take a portion of your portfolio and, and index it to the market. So you have that market exposure. So if the market does continue on higher, you're going to, that port, part of your portfolio is, is going to be, you know, getting those index returns and then taking the additional dollars and, you know, picking and choosing some individual stocks to try to outperform the market. And, and that way, if, if your stock selection is wrong, at least you can fall back on you've got money indexed to the market and you didn't miss the move. If your stock selections are right, then you can really, you know, add a lot of oomph to a portfolio. So, you know, the, the big thing is you don't want to miss the move. And and so you don't want to go out and, you know, and buy garbage. You want to at least have some of your money indexed to that market so that you can benefit from that. And then also incorporate in, um, you know, some individual stock selection of some favorite stocks that you had wanted to buy, that you were concerned about. Now you got an all clear sign. Go buy the stocks.
2: Are there any sectors that do really well when you're coming out of a situation where the Dow theory then you know has been in that range for a long time and then breaks out to the 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 upside? Is there? Yeah,
3: t- typically small and mid cap stocks do pretty well because they've they've usually you know they're usually the ones that have gotten beaten up the most. Um, during, and that and that speaks to what we were period. just talking
2: about. You, you know, right. digging around in those Russell two thousand and finding stuff that's on sale, maybe maybe not a bad idea. And and you even named a couple smaller stocks that to add to the mix.
3: Yeah, and and again, I'm not suggesting you go throw your whole portfolio into it, but I mean, you know, as you start to kind of pick and choose where you want some individual stock exposure, that you know, there's some good stocks there that you know, at least sprinkling those in in your portfolio makes a lot of sense to me. Especially and as you come out of this this trading range.
2: And as we wrap up today's conversation, I know we've covered a lot of ground, gotten a couple ideas. What's your takeaway?
3: Well the takeaway is that, you know, again, continue to watch the averages, particularly Dow Jones transportation average. I think ultimately we will where he got to the upside, but I'm I'm less um, confident in whether that is a short-term development or something that takes most of the rest of the year and and, and I kind of lean toward that don't get frustrated with the markets. these can be very frustrating markets when you're in trading ranges. Keep in mind you can make money uh, in these markets and and just kind of keep keep your risk appetite uh, appropriate and and you know don't chase performance here because that typically, is not a lasting way to generate long-term performance in your portfolio.
2: Big thanks to Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond. And as I mentioned, check out that website, UpsideStocks.com. Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that's an option for you. I've been told that's podcast gold. We totally appreciate the solid there, and as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new gains episode drops. We drop gains episodes on Wednesday mornings, and I look forward to seeing you then.
1: A news radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey.